Hello, today we are reading Up for Air by Lori Morrison. Read to you with permission from the publisher Abrams and Amulet Books. Chapter 1 The loudest kind of quiet filled the classroom. Pens scratched papers, erasers squeaked, and desk legs groaned as the clock on the wall tick, tick, ticked. Faster and faster, it seemed, even though Annabelle knew that was impossible. She was almost out of time, and the thing was, she got extra time. She and the four other seventh graders with learning accommodations got 45 minutes longer than the rest of the kids who had already pushed in their chairs and turned in their exam booklets and burst into the hallway to celebrate the start of summer. But 45 extra minutes didn't do Annabelle any good when her brain had gone as hazy as the harbor on a foggy day. She ran her fingertips across the skinny blue lines in the booklet where she was supposed to be writing her essay, the essay that counted for 25% of the history exam grade, as Mr. Derrickson had told them over and over. She traced one, two, three lines across the page and wished she were staring down at the thick black lines along the bottom of the pool. She didn't need those black lines to guide her from one end of the pool to the other anymore. Her body always stayed straight, and she knew exactly how many strokes to take before it was time to flip underwater and push off the wall, propelling herself back the other way. But she still liked knowing they were there, as familiar as everything else about swimming. The glint of sunlight on the pale pool's pale blue surface the mingled scents of sunscreen, chlorine, and a greasy snack bar food, the splash of diving in and the cool welcome of the water. The learning specialist, Ms. Ames, put her hand on Annabelle's wrist. Just write down anything you remember, okay? She whispered, just like we talked about. That way, Mr. Derrick Derrickson can give you credit for what you know. So Annabelle took three deep breaths the way she always did before a race and tried to tune out the clock's echoing tick and the other kids' frantic writing. She managed to fill up half the page, but she knew exactly what Mr. Derrickson would do when he read what she'd written. He'd scrawl question marks in the margins with his green pen. He'd write, irrelevant, and please answer the question, and where is your thesis? She flipped through the rest of the test all those multiple choice questions with all those choices that sounded right. The fill in the blank section Mr. Derrickson had insisted was easy peasy. Automatic points for anybody who studied at all, right? Okay, Miss Ames said from the front of the room, put your pens and pencils down, please. And congratulations, you're officially done with seventh grade. Two kids whooped and high-fived each other. Annabelle looked at the essay she'd barely started, barely holding back tears as she gathered up her things. She managed to echo Ms. Ames' have a good summer before stumbling into the hallways that had emptied out almost an hour ago. When Mia and Jeremy and everyone else had all gone to lunch without her. The other four extra time kids were all boarding students, so they told Annabelle they'd see her at middle school closing ceremonies and headed to the cafeteria or the dorms. Annabelle pushed open the side door, stepping into the bright June sunshine. She gulped in the island air, a little bit salty if you really paid attention, even this far from the ocean. It was over, anyway. 
Seventh grade was finally done, and summer stretched out ahead of her, full of adventures with Mia and Jeremy and summer swim team practices at the pool, where most of the kids didn't go to the academy, and she got to be Annabelle, the star butterflyer, not Annabelle, who could never finish her work on time at school. Mom's car was waiting at the curb, and she rolled down the window. Belle, how'd it go, honey? Did we study the right things? Did you feel ready? I'm never ready for Mr. Derrickson's tests. Annabelle plopped down onto the hot front seat, tossed her things on the floor, and slammed the door closed. Mom's eyebrows folded in, forming that tiny worry line right in the middle. That was how she used to look at Dad, back when things got really bad. And it was how she looked at Annabelle now, way, way too often. Well, you worked so hard, Mom said. I'm sure all that effort paid off. Then she nodded as if she could nod those words into being true. She patted Annabelle's knee and reached up to grip the steering wheel, her silver bracelets clinking. Mitch had given her one of those bracelets for each of their wedding anniversaries. She had three so far, and she wore them all the time. Where to, she asked as she pulled away from the curb. My next meeting isn't until two. We could go out for a special lunch. Do you want to call Mitch to see if he's free? I know he'll want to celebrate with you too. Annabelle watched out the window as they drove along the school's winding driveway, past dorms and fields and high school kids who sat on the grass, laughing as they signed each other's yearbooks, past the gray shingled office where they'd come for her admissions interview two years ago, the summer before sixth grade when she and Mom and Mitch had first moved to Gray Island. The academy was a boarding school, mostly for sixth to twelfth grade students from the mainland. But Mom had read on their website that they strive to be a community school and set aside financial aid for qualified day students who live on the island. So she filled out an application for Annabelle, and somehow Annabelle had gotten in. Because barely any other island kids had applied, probably, because most island kids thought everybody at the academy was snobby. You must be hungry, huh? Mom said. She was. But if they went out to lunch in town, Mom and Mitch would know everybody, and everybody would ask about school because that's what everybody always asked about. And anyway, after this morning, her whole body ached with the need to swim. Actually, can you drop me off at the pool? She asked. I can eat there. But you don't have practice today, Mom pointed out. Yeah, but we did yesterday, Annabelle reminded her as if she needed to be reminded. And I really need to swim today since I skipped it. Mom had made Annabelle stay home from summer team practice to squeeze in a few more hours of studying, not that those extra hours had done any good. Mom sighed, and Annabelle sort of wished Mitch had been the one to pick her up. Mitch would have agreed to take her to the pool in an instant because he got it, how important it was for Annabelle to train, how good she was, and how great she could be. You probably have lots of work anyway, right? Annabelle said with all the summer people wanting you to plan all their parties. Could we do takeout from Lombardi's tonight instead? I'm in a Gnucci mood. Mom hesitated at the stop sign, but she turned left instead of right, toward the pool instead of back to town. Annabelle's shoulders relaxed for the first time since she'd sat down to start her test that morning. All right, Belle, you deserve to celebrate how you want. The pool and Lombardi's it is. Mom probably wouldn't feel that way if she'd seen how little Annabelle had written for her essay. But Annabelle kept her mouth shut and watched all the giant vacation homes they passed, 
mostly occupied again now that summer was finally starting. When they got to the pool, Mom said the same exact thing she always did, to be safe and reapply sunscreen and drink plenty of water. Then she leaned over to give Annabelle an extra tight, extra long hug. I'll come back to get you after my two o'clock meeting, she said into Annabelle's ear. And hey, I'm proud of you no matter what. You know that, right? Annabelle nodded as she pulled away from Mom's hug and then stepped out of the car. But did that even count? The kind of pride you didn't have to do anything good to earn? This concludes the first chapter of Up for Air by Lori Morrison.